Good morning, noon or night, ladies and gentlemen, gifted animals. Welcome back to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brandon. And as usual, we're brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs of the internet. We have your favorite leagues, a lot of stories about NBA, NHL, wrestling. Um, oh, World Cup action still going on, even though the USA is no longer in it. That's okay. Still a lot of soccer left to be played. Or football, as they call it in España. So, yeah, that is it. And we're going to preview week 14, give you a little week 13 review. Maybe look at some players you should probably pick up or just consider giving them a look. I would about to say I... I don't. I dumpster dived in the waivers, picked up the Cleveland Browns defense. Boy, I hope everybody did that last weekend because you would have been a very happy, happy fantasy manager. Boy, it, it, Deshaun Watson, that offense didn't look the greatest, but that defense really came through for them. And honestly, not the worst idea to fade, <laughs> fade the defense is going up against the Texans the rest of the season considering how dog their it's just a bad situation for the Texans. And if you're a smart fantasy manager, you'll fade them, I think. And I hope that everybody that's listening to this podcast is a smart fantasy manager, because otherwise you wouldn't be dusting through the the bottom barrels of the internet just to find this podcast. But um, hey, I appreciate all the listeners that I get. And we are go- continuing to grow this podcast, continuing to do some promoting, getting some more guests, getting some more content creators in the space that just have a wealth of knowledge and just more insight than even I do because I'm limited in my capacity. I think I'm all right. I think I'm an above average fantasy football player, but I also know that I necessarily don't have the time to bring in all the metrics. And so that's why I like bringing in other people. This week, it's just another Brandon episode, just 100% Boring Brandon, not not boring. I like to think I'm a little entertaining, but regardless of that, let's get into the pod and we will start our week 13 review. All right, all right, everybody. So a little insight to one of my matchups that I wanted to break down in fantasy football. And you can choose to do this trick or not. This is 100% your decision. But right now at this part of the season, everything's pretty much secure. But there's still like a lot of room to move, maybe move up and down, playoff seating, etc. So you just need to secure wins the best you can. One way to secure a win. So Sunday I had, so this is an ESPN redraft league, full PPR. I had Chris Olave left last night and Chris Olave didn't like, I mean, he wasn't going to rock your socks off with this performance, but he still was going to put you up a serviceable amount of production. And I wasn't sure what hit, what would happen to him. And in light of what happened two weeks ago to Rondell Moore, when he had, when he put up that negative 
he put up that negative play and that was it and then he was injured for the rest of the game I benched Chris Olave because I was ahead of my opponent and I was able to secure that win ESPN has that like oh 99% win 100% win benched Chris Olave 100% a win if I would have played Chris Olave and he would have had a negative play and if he would have gotten injured on that negative play and not played another snap last night I would have had a loss and I would have terrible playoff seating. And so that's just something that you should consider doing. If you and your opponent, you have had, you're waiting for the Monday night guy or, you know, players, plural, maybe a defense or a kicker. And you don't want to, it's a close matchup and you don't want to get those negative points. Just put the guy on your bench. Yeah. Your league mates might be salty about it, but at least you got the win. Unless you have some stupid implication where everybody is like, you have to play every player on your roster. If you don't play a full roster, rah, 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 like, you know, integrity of the game. I'm just trying to tell you, play a little chess over checkers. When somebody first did this move on me, I was so, I was shocked. I was like, holy smokes. I I think they just had to play a defense. They just put the defense on their bench, and there was nothing I could do about it. I was looking at their defense like, oh, they don't have a good matchup. They're going to get negative points. I didn't even comprehend that, oh, they didn't even have to play the defense, so they just benched them. So play chess versus checkers against your league mates during this time of the year because every victory counts, playoff seating, everything, even a playoff victory. So secure those dubs. Make sure you're getting them and don't waste time with just don't waste time. Like don't waste time waiting on the implications of a Monday night game. If you don't have to, it, it, it's truly a peace of mind. And I, I can't recommend that more. And it's just hilarious how I, I I wouldn't know what to do if it was done to, if it, I wouldn't know that unless it had been done to me. So that's all I can recommend doing right now. And I hope that helps somebody. And I hope, let me know if you get a win on that, because that would be awesome. But we are not here to gloat about Brandon's fantasy victories. We are here to give you the analysis that the people want to know. And I'm assuming most of you already know who did the best in your leagues, but breaking it down, all fantasy implications and such. So kicking things off, looking at what happened in week 13 top quarterback of the week Jalen Hurts not really a great week for quarterbacks in general it was very it was just not the best you had there were like four dudes and the rest of them didn't really play up to their potential kind of a strange week with that being said but the Eagles got the job done had a lot of awesome players, statistically speaking, and Jalen Hurts was the reason for that matchup being what it was. Tennessee traveled up to Philadelphia and traveled back down to the Nash City without a victory because Jalen Hurts and company took care of business. Interesting stuff, if I do say so myself, and very interesting. This was a statement victory for the Eagles going into the rest of the season going into the playoffs even they've just been a consistency machine Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP candidate so 
I think that he will have some major implications going into fantasy football playoffs. He's definitely a quarterback I would like. And if you have him, good on you. Good on you for seeing it. And we did kind of project him pretty high in the preseason anyway. So a lot of people were high on him. And it's not always coming to fruition. He hasn't been like this great every week, but he is performing when you need him the most, which is in this time of the season. So credit to Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles, getting the job done, securing the win against the Nashville Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Good job. Good job. Next up, top running back of the week, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is going to be one of these guys because now that Jimmy G is out, I'm not sure how much Shanahan is going to have Brock Purdy tossing the rock out to some of the receivers. Now, Purdy played pretty poised, but Christian McCaffrey is going to definitely be his safety blanket. And Christian McCaffrey living up to that second round pick, I would say, based on fantasy drafts and things like that, he's he's actually doing it. And I was not as high on him because I haven't seen him play a full healthy season. I would say even Shanahan's usage of him, it's a little nerve-wracking because what if he gets hurt? But I think right now, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, you're not going to bench him if you have him. So keep rolling, McCaffrey owners. Congratulations. Hope you got the dub. Next up on the running back chart was Tony Pollard. Now, Tony Pollard has been one of just a dual threat capacity in terms of running and catching for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott in that offense. He's going to be a weapon that is going to be utilized. Now, I'm interested to see what happens if there's a game where they just decide to go Ezekiel Elliott heavy, but it doesn't seem to be the case because Tony Pollard is a recipe for the Cowboys to win offensively. Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, respectively. So, I... I mean, you're not going to not play him. He's definitely in, I don't know if I'd call him RB1 because he's still in a split backfield, but he's definitely putting up numbers like one right now. So just don't don't bench him. He's one of those Cowboys you want to play. And then rounding things out in the tail end of the season, finally, we're seeing a lot more Devontae Adams putting up some pretty dominant numbers, being a top receiver of the week. Uh, multiple weeks now he was not doing that I would say consistently I mean yeah he's been okay so he was top receiver week 11 and he's been in the mix but it hasn't been until this past couple of weeks that we can say yeah I Devontae Adams you're not going to bench him obviously so It's just one of those things that you have to put him out there just because of his explosive play potential. He's a touchdown machine, and that that definitely resounded with his stat line this week. No question about it. He was Derek Carr's safety blanket, as he always is, and I would say his two touchdowns, eight receptions, 177 yards, that's just what you need. Um Yeah, look for him to put up more of these. If you're in full PPR, he's putting up like 30-plus points for your team. So you can't not play him consistently, and that's just just Devontae Adams' life. And hope hope it's working out well for you. Then we had Amon Ross St. Brown for our second wideout this week. So Amon Ross is doing his thing. 
this Minnesota offense, I'm not Minnesota, sorry, Detroit offense is just it's sinkers, it's sink or swim, feast or famine, however you want to say it. I don't know what to expect from him. I mean, the past the past three weeks have been pretty awesome. It look based on his numbers, but it it's Jared Goff, and there's a lot of other mouths to feed in this offense from a touchdown perspective. When you're playing up against a, an opponent like the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're going to put up that many points, I mean, shoot, by any stretch, Amon Ra is going to be a participant in that onslaught of uh, inferior defense. However, I feel like it's going to depend on what kind of game Detroit needs to play for Amon Ra to be productive. Unless this is one of those situations like last season where all of a sudden it's just Amon Ra time and Jared Goff and Matt Campbell are going to be like, feed Amon Ra, just give Amon Ra the ball. So I, you're, you're going to play him regardless of your status in fantasy. He's a wide receiver one. You drafted him to be as such. So just take advantage of it while he's doing it. Next up, A.J. Brown. Top receiver for Jalen Hurts, clearly a dynamic duo for a stack. And last time he did something like this was uh, week eight against Pittsburgh. He hasn't really been blowing people out of the water with his performances. Definitely high end. I mean, you're going to play him as a wide receiver one, but his numbers say more high end wide receiver two. So I mean, you have him for these explosive games. If the Eagles keep trending in this direction, uh, you're not going to not play him. So it just it just doesn't give me good vibes going into the playoffs, especially if there's like a Devontae Smith game. Now, th- this week they were able to coexist, but because of Philly's dynamic run game, it's not really beneficial for A.J. Brown consistently. So... Uh, I'm not saying use caution. You're going to play him, but it is concerning um, that he does kind of put up a one reception game for a couple of yards. It's not like he's touchdown dependent either. It just depends on the situation game to game. I'm not saying bench him by any stretch, but I'm just saying watch out because he could disappoint you and just don't be surprised when that happens have some contingencies in your lineup just in case he doesn't have production he tends to produce a lot more later in the season but it's just we don't know week in and week out because he just doesn't put up those games it's not like Devonte adams where he's putting up one of these games every other week every two weeks it's it's not gaugeable unfortunately so be careful use caution but don't bench him Next up, tight ends. Not a very great week for tight ends at all. Didn't really, you know, move the needle. Travis Kelsey's obviously been the top receiver in all of fantasy this year, the most influential fantasy player by metrics in win share, specifically Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. But this week, uh, the tight end one goes to Greg Dulcich. Um, Russell Wilson loves targeting him. I mean, he has... He's a good player. I would be playing him at tight end. I tried to get him on my roster. Didn't fall to me based on my waivers. So if you are if you have him, you, you're playing him. Russell Wilson likes throwing it to him more than Cortland Sutton consistently. So, yeah, you're playing him. He's your tight end one. 
And then Noah Font of the Seattle Seahawks had a touchdown. And he's been serviceable for Geno Smith and company up there in Seahawk land. And it's not that I he's not consistent enough for me to want to roster him. But if I needed somebody to just hold on my bench on the off chance that I had one of my tight ends get hurt or maybe even stream and that that's a very good option too so i mean you might as well um yeah you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong there are worse tight ends but i just i'm he's not much different than than gerald everett so yeah play him i mean we tell people to play gerald everett so you might as well and i'm going to also i failed to throw in the monday night game so no offense, actually going to go into our breakout. So Cade Otten is actually going to take the place of the top tight end from the Monday night game. I apologize for that. Forgot to factor that in, but it happens to the best of us. And that is our top tight end. So Cade Otten and Greg Dulcich. There is not much happening in that Tampa Bay offense last night. It's just one of those ugly games. But Tom Brady found a way to pull it out, and Kate Otten was the recipient of that. So, I mean, this is just an ugly NFC South game. NFC South, kind of ugly division. Just, I mean, when you think about it, the way Tampa Bay has been playing, honestly, Tampa Bay... (laughs) Tampa Bay gets in the playoffs, it, which it's it's leaning towards them getting there. It's it's just going to be frustrating because you would have thought Atlanta. Nobody was really vying for the playoffs in this division, to be honest. It's just, yeah, ugh. And they're only six and six. Frustrating. So, yeah, Kate Otten, I apologize for that, folks. Need to be on top of that. That is my bad. So then moving on to our flex, then we had, I would put Tyreek Hill as the top flex, but honestly, you would have had him in as a receiver anyway, but this is as I set this up as if we have the best lineup, as you know, so that's Tyreek Hill in that flex on the all fantasy of the week. And then when Looking at the top defenses, we had the Cleveland Browns who just destroyed the Texans. Kyle Allen was out there. I don't know why. It's just bad. Bad in Texan land. Bad in Houston. And I don't know why they thought Lovey Smith was the guy for the job. It just didn't really... It just didn't really make sense to me because it didn't really sound like they had a direction for anything. Lovey Smith, yeah, he had some decent years in Chicago, but look at what happened when he was at the U of I in at, at Illinois. Like, he was not a good college coach. I, th- I think he's a good position coach or coordinator type, but I just don't think he's a really good head coach. So it wasn't really a surprise. Browns have a pretty decent defense. So, and at, l- last week... What happened to Houston? They got dusted by the Dolphins' defense. So, I mean, shoot, like, why would you even bother 
playing Texans right now. I wouldn't play any Texan player right now. I mean, I know Damian Pierce, Brandon Cooks, but it's not even looking that great for them right now. I, w- I would be trying to find other options unless I have nothing else. So that's my Houston Texan take. Greg, the leg Zerline top kicker of the week, and that's all we do about kickers. All breakout week 13, Geno Smith had a terrific game. He came out and showed up against Chargers, and it just, I mean, Geno's been playing exceptional this year. He hasn't been, I mean, he would have been a really good waiver pickup, and a Seahawks team that we didn't have any expectations for has been producing. So, I mean, we should have... I don't think Gino's a scrub, but I wasn't necessarily expecting them to thrive. You knew that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were a very good wide receiver duo. They were, you would have loved to have them in your lineup this week, but I just never expected it. And Gino is on multiple rosters of mine now and actually was my starter this week because Chargers seemed to be a decent matchup for him. And yeah, Seahawks came out on top. They're they're up there in terms of potentially being wild card division division winner for the NFC West, depending on what happens with the 49ers these next couple of weeks. But yeah, Seahawks are in the mi- are in the mix for the playoffs, and they're an interesting team because they're not garbage, but boy, it's just it's just unexpected. And I would have never told you to pick any Seahawks players. Except for, you know, I mean, you knew that DK was going to do something. I, well, I didn't know that Tyler Lockett was going to be the the Tyler Lockett that we all have been confident in the past couple seasons as a fantasy player. And then Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny at the beginning of the season, but uh, Kenneth Walker also rounding into form as well. Although he is questionable with the Q tag and he didn't have that great of a game three carries for 36 yards. You definitely want more from him, potentially some touchdowns. His, his, there's been some regression in his game. I'm curious to see what that is going to look like for the Seahawks moving forward. I'm not saying to bench him, but it's all going to depend uh, week to week for him, it seems like. And I'm not sure if I can... I, I like... This is not Kenneth Walker hate, and he's been great a couple of weeks, but don't go hanging your hat on him. He's got Carolina, so it's a good it's a good bounce back game. But it's not like Carolina's defense isn't slouch. So we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, you're you're not gonna bench Kenneth Walker. So that is Geno, and then uh, breakout running backs. DeAndre Swift actually had a great game. Now, grain of salt, Jacksonville, but DeAndre Swift owners, congrats. Finally got a good game out of him, and Jamal Williams didn't didn't hog the touchdown opportunities. And then A.J. Dillon coming out of nowhere from – he hadn't had a game since, like, week one or two, and he finally – something about playing against the Bears just – does it for him also Aaron Jones got hurt didn't play a lot of the game so AJ Dillon was the beneficiary of that and it's funny actually because I played 
AJ Dillon this week in anticipation for him to get some sort of opportunities against the Bears. And also in this particular league, I needed an element of risk because I just I needed I needed a home run of some sort. And Debo Samuel was coming off injuries. It didn't look very promising. He Debo actually had a decent game, but I was like, I'm throwing AJ Dillon in the flex over Debo Samuel because I think AJ Dillon, after his performance last week, has potential again this week to do something. And sure enough, he did. And look at that. One of the breakout running backs of the week. Then for our receivers, Christian Watson is is not even a debate anymore. He's it's funny how he has just taken the touchdown total for rookie wide receivers and just dunked on everybody the past couple weeks, being one of the most reliable targets Aaron Rodgers has and running one in on a sweep as well. So awesome stuff. He's just more athletic and more fast than a lot of corners that he's been facing the past couple of weeks. I'm excited for Christian Watson as a Packer fan. I wasn't sure what to expect, you know, him needing surgery in the preseason, not playing a whole lot, finally getting healthy, and then just blowing up on the scene. I've seen a lot of Christian Watson owners benching him. Knock that off. He needs to be playing in your lineup. He's too important to this Packers offense right now. He's a recipe for them to win. And even if Jordan Love starts getting snaps for the Packers, Christian Watson is going to be one of those targets because he's too big. He's too fast. Not many corners can guard him. Plus, they designed runs for him. Why wouldn't you play him? At this point, he's a touchdown machine. You're missing out. All right. And then uh, Garrett Wilson, another killer day for him. He has been a huge beneficiary of the Mike White era. And honestly, even Joe Flacco, he played better with. It it was unfortunate because obviously New York Jets ended up getting edged out by the Vikings, but Garrett Wilson was a huge part of the Jets being in that game. And you can't not, I feel like you can't not play him as long as Mike White's throwing him the ball or Joe Flacco. It's unfortunate that Zach Wilson really torched the middle of his season and did not help him in any way, shape, or form. But, hey, he's here now when it counts. New York Jets are in a wild card race. They're going to be making plays. Garrett Wilson is a beast. So if you have him, I'd play him. He seems like a really good option, especially you would have drafted him with low capital. So great investment. Next up, Devontae Smith had himself a game as well in conjunction with A.J. Brown, and that's what you want to see for Philadelphia. Devontae Smith is a tough one to read because he's just not consistent week in and week out, but when you know you have a matchup, the likes of which the Eagles had against Tennessee, you got to roll with him. And then our breakout tight ends, we're giving it to Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett. These two guys came out and they showed up. They showed up for their teams. Evan Ingram, he has the occasional week where he has been very good and put up some significant fantasy numbers. Seems kind of like that safety waiver tight end where I just need a dude and you're like you're shopping around, you're looking for somebody to put in your lineup quick. Oh, you see Evan Ingram, familiar name, played good with the Giants. Jacksonville, I don't know how he's going to do, but I need somebody out there and he does play a good amount of snaps when he's been healthy this season so yeah you you could play worse tight ends it seems like so good on you for if you got those points from Ingram and then Everett I have Everett in one of my leagues and 
he's been serviceable. I feel like I should be looking for better options elsewhere, but I've just been rolling with him because I was an idiot and cut in Joku. So I just have to roll with him. I have production from other places, but I definitely made my share of bonehead mistakes this season. Don't get it twisted. Just because I have the podcast doesn't make me a professional fantasy football player. I'm eligible for screw-ups week in and week out, just like you. Then our flex of the week. Surprise, surprise. Welcome back, Keenan Allen, coming out as that big-time safety blanket for Justin Herbert. It's nice to see him running around doing his thing, just he being Keenan Allen. Now, we hope that he stays healthy the rest of the season because if he is healthy, he's an automatic play. No question about it. The Chargers love Keenan Allen. Rightfully so. He puts up numbers big time. And then moving on to our breakout defense of the week, we are going to have to do a quick pivot because I, (laughs) your boy kind of screwed up. And he needs to make sure that he does this right for the people. So let's just take a look here quick. All right. Breakout defense of the week. Let's hand it to the Chargers. Despite losing, they retained their total. And that's what you would want from a defense. Didn't blow you out of the water, but... Most people already have the Cowboys, 49ers, Broncos, and Eagles, so giving it to the Chargers because they're the ones sitting on the waivers in a lot of instances, so credit where credit's due. Can't get that wrong. Oh, honorary kicker, all-breakout kicker, Michael Moneybags Bagley. Okay. Now, honorable mentions this week. So we got to go with Joey B and Jared Goff. They were great in their respective games and respective matchups. Hopefully you would have had Joey B in one of your teams. Probably not Goff so much, but every once in a while he, he really produces and credit where credit's due. And then honorable mentions for running back Samaji Pirine had an incredible game. Josh Jacobs in his career year showing up and showing out. Saquon Barkley, you would have loved to have him. And then Cam Akers surprisingly jumping off the page. And it's just really strange. The Los Angeles Rams, I don't understand them. I I, I just don't understand them. I, it's, I feel like Cam Akers, you kind of need to play him if you have him because he seems to be the guy getting the ball. But then Kyron Williams had more points last week so it's complicated in LA and I'm not sure who to play from that LA backfield consistently but this week would have been Cam Akers week credit if you got him next up honorable mention wide receiver Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf Terry McLaurin Stefan Diggs and CeeDee Lamb respectively and then for the tight end spots Cole Komet had a good game Che Gossim Okanawa that I mean, Jake Okonoa from Tennessee had a great game. Pat Fryermuth and Taysom Hill had a touchdown. So those have been your tight ends. Like I said, terrible week for tight ends. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, Travis Kelsey got shut down 
by the Bengals, and that would have been frustrating. You would have needed production elsewhere, but nonetheless, it happens. Moving things over to the dynamic duos, the stacks of the week. So Cincinnati stacks, always Joe Burrow with somebody. This week it was Samaji Pirine, but Jamar Jamar Chase and T. Higgins had respectable numbers. Not as high as we're used to from them, but still fair enough. A lot of running back wide receiver stacks this week. So starting with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, that was a pretty solid one. Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and then mixing Jared Goff there as well. Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon, and Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Wide receivers stacks with their quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and then Geno Smith, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Those would have been incredible stacks. And of some of them pretty attainable, actually. Like this Seattle stack especially would have been pretty reasonably priced in a lot of leagues or in a lot of even like DraftKings scenarios. So, yeah, that even this... This Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon one, that stack, oh, man, that would have been a powerful one to play. I don't know who that person was. Probably a really diehard Packer fan. I mean, I I love my Packers just as much as the next Green Bay Packer fan, but for fantasy football, to put A.J. Dillon and Christian Watson out there at the same time, actually, I would have been psycho enough to do that, to be frank, because of the Packers, and they were playing the Bears, who are not good, but to expect, you know, that amount of points from each of them, I I would not have. So credit where credit's due. If you had these stacks, good job by you, and hope they got you the win. So then moving on to the waivers, just looking at who's available right now, I mean, Broncos defense going up against the Chiefs. I don't know. My, my sights are kind of set on... Actually, Broncos have a decent chance to really have a good defense going into the fantasy football playoffs. But I really like the Steelers this week against the Ravens. I'm not sure what Lamar Jackson's status is. But if he's not playing, there's potential there for them to wreak havoc and for T.J. Watt to just dominate. Pretty sure T.J. Watt is good to go. And as long as T.J. Watt's good to go, this defense is going to score points. Uh, I mean, Dolphins against the Chargers is kind of appealing. It's not really my cup of tea, though. And Same as uh, the Raiders against the Rams. I just don't... The Rams still have some sneaky good potential to at least play serviceably. And I know that Max Crosby and all the... Raiders defense it's decent but I don't know they're like one of the top projected available defenses I just don't know if the matchup's in their favor same with Cardinals in New England why should we trust a Cliff Kingsbury led team to go up against Bill Belichick I know that Belichick hasn't been having his best season as a football coach but I just don't see it so that's kind of my defensive thoughts right there at the tight end spot uh, Bellinger is back which I do like Bellinger quite a bit. I just think it's still too early for him. And since we're looking at, we're going big game hunting, we need big projections. If I had to put somebody in my lineup, I would go for Hunter Henry um, this week in particular. If Chig Okono for 
Tennessee is the real deal, we'll know in Jacksonville, this game against Jacksonville in particular. And since there's not, I mean, he does have potential, but I'm just not 100% sure. Mike Gesicki against the Chargers, actually decent play as well. Although his numbers haven't been very great lately, so maybe pump the brakes on him. Austin Hooper, also Tennessee Titan tight end. Man, that's just bizarre. I don't know. It. I'm just speaking from my waivers perspective. You might have better options available to you, but out of all of these, I kind of like Hunter Henry. Shoot, even Noah Gray's out there. That seems like a good os- option as well. Uh, like I said, I'm scraping the barrel here with some of these results, but you got to do what you got to do. Michael Gallup against Houston. If I need a wide receiver this week, that would be a terrible play. Corey Davis, I mean, hit or miss. It's just so difficult to gauge. Quez Watkins, Trent Sherfield has been doing some productive things for the Dolphins, but it's not necessarily fantasy relevant. So we like to see it, but I'm going to take my chances with Tyreek and Waddle getting majority of that target share. So Trent Sherfield does benefit from those two being covered more, but when your game's on the line, you're not throwing it to Sherfield, just to be frank. KJ Osborne also out there, not really a primary target in the Vikings offense. Tutu Atwell, that could be an interesting one. Um, Not really my go-to, but he's been putting up some numbers if you need something to get you through. We also have uh, Richie James, DJ Chark, Decent enough. I mean, against Minnesota, they've been putting up some okay numbers. Only played six games this year, though. Kind of complicated. Marvin Jones Jr., now that's an interesting one just because it's the Jaguars' defense or Jaguars' offense. We don't know who they're going to throw the ball to. See Hunter Renfro on an IR spot. Interesting stuff, but uh, might be a sneaky pickup for me. I don't know about for you, but... I might go after that. And then running backs right now, it's not looking very good. You got Jalen Warren, all dependent on Najee Harris's status. That will be his production tell. I thought he was going to be getting a little more opportunity, but it seems as though Tomlin would rather have Najee do the lion's share of the carries. So what can we do? And that's the case. And it's not like the Steelers doing much this year so Michael Boone's there as well Josh Kelly Justin Jackson for Detroit um I don't like any of these options Josh Kelly probably it but um yeah interesting interesting enough I suppose um Dontrell Hilliard still capable of being a touchdown guy that might be one to look for if you need a flash in the pan same with Boston Scott if he gets some Goal line action with Philadelphia. So a lot of different options there. Not really anything that's my cup of tea. For quarterback, if I need somebody this week from the waiver wire, it would be an ugly sight to look for. I'd probably have to go with... I mean, you could give Tyler Huntley a shot. I feel like Tannehill might be the safest option because he's going up against Jacksonville. 
yeah, I would say Tannehill against Jacksonville if I had to play anybody. Huntley could be interesting, but it's the Steelers' defense. That could be a little challenging. Mac Jones is going up against Arizona, too, so that could be a good option as well. Yeah, I, I like Tannehill and Mac the best, although Mac's confidence seems to be shot a little. So if you don't like Mac Jones, maybe give Kenny Pickett or Brock Purdy a shot. What do you have to lose at that point? If you're, if you're considering playing Mac Jones, you might as well try one of those guys. So that's kind of my waiver wire analysis. It's nothing too crazy this week. It's kind of ugly, but do what you got to do. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the week 14 preview. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capital, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that break from our with the messages from our sponsors. And pulling an audible here on the show, got hit up by one of our Phantom Sports Industries homies, Austin Freed from Tricky Tricky Takes. Probably yeah. can't do the Tricky Tricky for copyright reasons, yeah. but nonetheless, uh, Austin hopped on and wanted to preview week 14 with me and obviously we want to raise awareness to all our uh phantom family in the podcast world so austin tell the people what you and your guys do at tricky takes what's up guys uh, i'm austin uh glad to be here super excited um so i'm from a podcast in the phantom sports industries world as well uh, our podcast is called tricky takes and that's with two eyes so that's t-r-i-i-c-k-y for tricky uh we're pretty much an all sports podcast but um right now uh, we're in the swing of football season so that's where you're gonna catch uh most of our episodes as of late but um if you're interested in baseball we'll definitely be talking about all the big free agency stuff that's just been happening and will be happening through the off season and we'll definitely get into some march madness come then so uh come check us out would love uh, to see anybody stop in. And if you do, uh, let us know you're from the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tricky Takes as well. Again, Tricky Takes, two eyes, no copyright infringements. <laughs> so with that being said, let's take a look at this week 14, Austin. By the way, how's your fantasy teams doing? Uh, which one, man? I'm in too many leagues to keep track of these days. But uh I got one league where uh, one of my buddies invited me. They 
if we're starting up a league with a bunch of his friends. Um, he moved off, uh, you know, to college several years ago and, and found a sure. group of buddies and he invited me to join in this league with them. And he was like, yeah, these guys aren't like the best fantasy players. I don't think, but like, it should be a competitive league. That one I'm 12 and one in. And so nice. I feel like I might not get invited back next year. <laughs> um, but every other league, I'm pretty much sitting right around 500. I'm either seven and six or six and seven in the majority of my leagues. Is everybody else in your league, you it's know, been, kind of yeah, meddling? It's been the most competitive season I've ever Those seen. Those are the best leagues. Um, and so in my, I'm, in, I'm only in one 10 man league, and it's our dynasty league. And this is our second sure. year of it. And in this nice. league, I am, we have, after this week, we have four team playoffs. And after this week, it's possible for there to, to be a four-way tie for the fourth playoff seed. Because there's Ooh. four teams with the same, or four teams within, that are either seven and six or six and seven. And none of them play each other. So it's possible for everybody to finish seven and seven after next week. And then all hell will break loose tiebreaker tiebreaker galore there yeah um yeah i so 10 team we did we did the dynasty startup for the first time last season on league tycoon and we just did it with 10 people and i would rather like instead of everybody wants to force a 12-man league Mm -hmm. one of my i advocate for shoot put me in a six-man league where everybody is at least going to be active in it and fortunately we were able to find 12 people that were invested enough for the long haul in this dynasty league. But last year when we were testing out league tycoon and stuff for the first time, I went seven and eight in a 10 man league, got in on the four seed, ended up winning the league at seven and eight. And that's my, like, (laughs) that's my calling card. I, I hate to, I hate to rub it into the people in the league that stuck around for this second season that we're doing now that we have 12 people, but there's that trophy case sitting in my uh, in my profile with the seven and eight record. It couldn't look more beautiful. Oh, it's yeah. my it's 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 my gem, and uh, I love to hold it over the guys because uh, it it was just a just a hilarious just sequence of events that led me to that point. You know, Hunter Renfro went off, so mm-hmm. that that's ultimately what happened. Um, but I had Antonio Brown on my championship roster. Oh. And it was the game that he <laughs> took off his shirt and ran. So that uh, that game will that championship matchup will live on in infamy for me, um, including a Cleveland Brown cornerback deciding not to tackle Najee Harris on that one touchdown that yeah. one Sunday night. He just completely whiffed the tackle, and it it got me the championship. Like if it wasn't for that cornerback blowing the tackle. I should have lost that game because Antonio Brown decided to go streaking. But nonetheless, uh, fantasy, we can tell war stories in the offseason. Let's look at week 14. A lot of playoff implications for your average fantasy football player. This week, the buys are hitting heavy before, I'm pretty sure, starting next week, we don't have buys anymore. And it's six teams this week. Yeah, no more buys starting week 15, fortunately. But we need to be prepared. It's Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington. That is, that's a lot of fantasy relevance there amongst those teams. 
that's a little frustrating, but that's just how the NFL is doing it now. The 17 game season has definitely thrown a wrench into things. I can't wait for an 18 week season. Um, it's, it's happening. It'll happen in a couple of years. It's just a matter of time. So kicking things off our Amazon prime bowl of the week. We have Las Vegas traveling up to SoFi stadium to face the Los Angeles Rams in this one, Austin, I don't know about you, but I'm riding Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams. Those are the two horses in this one. I don't know who else to really talk about. Um, yeah, those are the horses. Um, and here's one that a lot of people might not think of, but uh, Foster Morneau, the the current oh, tight end. Uh, LSU's finest. Yeah, the t- current tight end for the Raiders. Um, I was a heavy drafter of two tight ends this season. Um, I, almost every league I had either Darren Waller or David Njoku. Those were the two guys I was absolutely riding. And in some leagues, I got both. And it's possible that Njoku plays this week, but if he's not, I got Foster uh, ready to ready to roll. And uh, I mean, he's definitely not a guy I'm wanting to play, but he he's not a guy that uh, I'm not like kind of wincing while I throw him in my starting lineup. You know, like he I'm I'm not scared to throw him out there. He, I'm expecting a, at least a somewhat decent week with. Um, Devontae seeing quite a lot of Jalen Ramsey. Um, I'd expect the ball to be passed around a good bit. Foster Moreau, at least good for one reception. And sometimes that's all you need from a tight end if the yardage is there. Obviously, you want to see him with a touchdown. But since he's been getting that workload that Waller normally gets, he's only has two touchdowns. So, I mean, like I said, like you could play worse options at tight end and if he's the best you got go for it i think you might be able to find something better like hunter henry maybe but it's not a bad option especially against this rams team that has not been doing the greatest against anybody defensively speaking outside of i I don't know aaron donald has some plays but i just haven't been impressed with their defense regardless of that I'm going to go off on a whim and say Cam Akers might be a good play on Thursday night as well. He had a decent game, although I'm not sure between him and Kyron Williams, which one is going to be getting the lion's share of the carries. It seems to be a coin flip. I don't know. What 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 say you with this Rams rushing attack? It It's going to be the only way they can move the ball. So there's going to be some fantasy relevance in the backfield. Yeah, I don't think Baker's getting the start yet. Um, even though he was just claimed by the Rams, I don't really, yeah, breaking news. Yeah. Um, that just kind of happened. So I, I, it is early in the week. We could see Baker Mayfield roll out. Um, either way, it's not a good passing offense though. Um, no, as a person who lives, uh, where my, uh, local stations show a lot of Carolina Panthers games. That was painful to watch all year um on our tricky takes episode last week we were talking about you know players you want to pick up before um playoffs start a lot of playoffs are starting this week and um a lot of others the following week and we were kind of saying like who should you go look for who's got the good matchups and everything 
And one player that came up was Kyron Williams because he's not owned in a lot of leagues. But you'd be surprised um, how many people went and got Kyron and left Cam Akers out to dry. And I think Cam Akers is the better player of the two. Obviously, he's just been incredibly fickle, I guess would be the best word for it, through his career. Great adjective. (laughs) But uh, I think you got to trust the talent that Cam has. And we've seen it in spurts. And he had a pretty good week last week. I think he scored twice last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, So I got in a weird situation in my redraft league where I have both Kyron Williams and Cam Akers on my roster. So So you're just asking me who you, who you should start, huh? Sort of, sort of. But so I started Kyron this past week thinking I'd catch a lightning to strike twice only to watch Akers go off on my bench. So I, I would lean towards Akers just from the experience standpoint, but don't be surprised if Kyron ends up being the guy as well it seems to be a hot hand thing Uh, i'm not sure it's going to depend on how much goal line opportunities they get which it could be seldom in this game like the raiders could come in and just absolutely destroy them or they could play with their food a little like they have been it's going to be hit or miss i think what josh mcdaniels has done to the raiders is abysmal they should be a lot better than what they have been so that's why i just have a difficult time with the Raiders in general, because they have the talent there. I also have been telling people for some reason, Hunter Renfro is sitting on waiver wires right now. If he gets off IR, you plug him into your lineup immediately, especially in the playoffs, because what he can do in terms of, you know, adding another element to Derek Carr's game, it can be very beneficial to your lineup. So that that's something that I kind of noticed when I was scouring the waiver wires uh, going into this week so let's move on then to the early slate on Sunday it's just so weird seeing three less games in the middle of the season but that that's those are the cards the NFL gives us to play if by the way if your commissioner is starting the playoffs this week shame on him honestly like it, this is this is not cool for fantasy players to have to deal with this right like am I crazy um, I'm in a couple leagues where playoffs are starting this week. Oh my um, goodness! And are they would, are they eight team? No, no, they're okay. twelve. Um, twelve, twelve, 12 team, team playoffs. Yeah, or oh, Holy playoffs. Smokes. I thought you were saying leagues. Um, no playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, four team and four. One's a four team and one's a six team with okay, the first jump. Good. So obviously the buy is yeah. huge. Um, when you have all yep. these, but for me, this is part of um. I, I don't hate it. I, I don't know if I'd say enjoy it, but I would rather if you're doing two rounds of two week playoff matchups, which is what I prefer. I'm a two week playoff uh, playoff matchup guy. Sure. And so if we're at week 17 is your championship week, then week 16 is also a championship week, which means 15 and 14 are also champion or, or playoff weeks. That's the, the first sure. round. So unfortunately in that case, week 14, falls in um this but what i like a lot some uh, platforms let you do is have a one week playoff or game round one of the playoffs and then a two week for the championship and so that's where most of my leagues are and i think that's the perfect balance because you miss all the buys on 14 for the last week of the regular season and then the playoffs start there's no more buys 
and you get 15, 16, 17, and you don't have to mess with week 18 either. So that to me is like the Goldilocks perfect bowl of soup, you know, or the perfect bed nope. or whatever. Um, we are, we are, we are lockstep there. If your commissioner is starting playoffs this week, he is a cruel commissioner and you need to decommission him immediately. Um, I, unless you're in a 14 team league, then you did it to yourself by playing in a league past 12 teams. Oh, I'm, All right. I'm in a 20 man. <laughs> that's, that's fun. That's chaos. That, that, I mean, that's chaos, but that's fun at the same time. Uh, I, I don't know if I would enjoy that personally, but it sounds fun. Um, all right, let's go into this early slate divisional matchup. AFC East, New York Jets going up to Buffalo to face Josh Allen and the Bills. New York Jets have been an interesting case study with Mike White now running things on the offensive side of the ball, which which definitely bodes well for Garrett Wilson, I would say. I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in the... Well, I'm. I have to be for one of my leagues, the Zonovan uh, Knight Ty Johnson duo. Not necessarily my favorite, but there somebody has to somebody has to play running back for them. That's. I don't know who else I really want. Conklin, perhaps, but Buffalo's defense is still pretty stout, and it's not necessarily. I think it's going to be a closer game than what. I'm giving it credit for, but it could also just be a Buffalo blowout where we see the regular Buffalo suspects, Allen, Diggs. Um, yeah, just Allen and Diggs have been the really only two consistent ones, and the Jets' defense is decent. So I'm not sure. What are you seeing in this one? So I see a prime, um, how I, like a time for the taking for the jets to like really say like hey yeah. we are a legit team stop sleeping on us they're going into buffalo where they're almost 10 point underdogs but buffalo is out von miller their best pass rusher yep. so mike white might get plenty of time in that pocket and he's got some weapons and obviously he doesn't have Brees hall or michael carter unfortunately out of the backfield but Zonovan Knight looks like he can tote the rock pretty well. Ty Johnson can catch passes out of the backfield pretty well. And then Garrett Wilson is just a dog. Um, in my pre-draft process, I com- uh, comped him to a a perfect blend of Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen. Like that's what I saw out of him. And I was super high on him. I took him in my dynasty uh, draft with a third uh, overall pick he was the first wide receiver off the board and i've been so happy with him he looks incredible and then you can't forget about elijah moore and Corey davis two other great receiving options so in those uh like dfs leagues mike white is probably a guy that i'm looking yeah. to to go for a low price no for sure i'm actually so i'm actually going after mike white right now in the auctions in my dynasty draft I'm switching him out for Marcus Mariota on the off chance that I get in the playoffs because I like Mike White's upside for the rest of the season. Um, I was, it was a, it was a Russell Wilson situation. I needed to abort Mm. fast. I traded for Russell Wilson this season. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I actually, I, I, 
I put when Russell Wilson was injured that one week, I just put him on my IR. So his salary cap didn't affect my, uh, the, nice. the rest of my season. So I picked up Gino. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those situations is just terrible. So no, um, it is an interesting case for the jets to make this a contest and Buffalo, but Buffalo could just blow them out yeah, too, it's totally depending possible. on it, it, it could, it's either going to be close or it'll be a Buffalo blowout. It's all going to depend on who is all going to get involved. I don't know. It, Davis and Gabriel Davis has kind of been suspect week in and week out. I feel like people expected a lot more from, from him this season. And then Isaiah McKenzie got a lot of hype and he has had those games, but I've just seen them drop the ball so many times and it's not even their fault. It's just the way the offense has, has just kind of worked. And Josh Allen, he, anybody can thrive in that Buffalo offense. I mean, even Khalil Shakur, uh, that was came out of nowhere with McKenzie and Crowder being out. So it, Stefan Diggs is the only reliable reliable weapon on that offense that I'm confident in. If you feel you have the ability to gauge what uh, McDermott's going to do with the offense, by any stretch, you can play Gabe Davis. You can play Isaiah McKenzie at your own discretion, but don't be disappointed if uh, if nothing happens yeah. because it's it's been a tendency lately, unfortunately. Yeah, Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie are two like complete opposites for me. Gabe Davis, the home run play and Isaiah McKenzie, kind of the PPR will yeah. probably catch four passes for like 29 yards. Like, mm-hmm. and he's just going to get you some points. So depends on what you're uh, needing there. I would rather have Devin Singletary than either of them probably right now, it's, yeah. which is weird to say. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. Like, it's just it's just how their offense has kind of worked, unfortunately. So, yeah, let's go to um, the battle for Ohio, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Um, so we get to see Deshaun Watson again. I'm not really looking forward to it, to be frank, because he should be in jail. But um, nonetheless, he gets to play football, so it's all good. Um, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb nobody had a great offensive game. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to get more comfortable. He's still getting his bearings under him after not playing football for over 700 days. So it's going to be a matter of time until he comes back. And in the meantime, Cincinnati, one of the best teams to stack in fantasy. If you want to play multiple players from the same team that Joe Burrow, Samaji Pirine last week, you could even throw in T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Cincinnati lightning in a bottle. You're going to play them. Joey B, one of the best, just he's a, he's a winner and they make big fantasy plays at the same time. It's the best combination. Yeah. um, I'm going to start off here with the Deshaun Watson stuff. He's a guy that I think you can definitely play in this matchup. I think if you are scared off of him because of last week, um, I understand, but you have to think, the Texans, I think there were three, or the Browns rather, had three defensive slash special teams touchdown. Is that correct? I think it was three. Yeah, no, it was, it was three. I streamed the Cleveland Browns last weekend. Yeah. Um, 
they had three defense slash special teams touchdowns. So they obviously weren't asking Deshaun Watson to do much. And he threw an interception and no touchdowns, but that interception was one of the most ridiculous interceptions I've ever seen in my life. And it was absolutely not on Deshaun Watson at all. You saw it like that. Yep. That wasn't his fault. Um, so I don't, I don't hate the Deshaun Watson play. Um, We'll not talk about him personally. And then uh, Nick Chubb is the main guy <laughs> no. you want to talk about. And that yeah, he's your Derrick Henry came out and said a few weeks ago that Derrick Henry is the best running back in in football. And while he hasn't been the number one scoring running back in fantasy, he's consistently up there amongst them. And mm-hmm. I can't think of maybe but one or two guys who I'd rather play above him. No, for sure. Yeah, no, Nick Chubb. Although, like, last weekend was kind of frustrating, they didn't really have to do a whole lot on offense to win that game because exactly. uh, Kyle, it was Kyle Allen. So Yeah, I don't, I don't understand do. the pivot from the neck himself, Davis Mills. Um, I, it's Lovey Smith. It's Lovey Smith. We'll never understand it. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, 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 I don't understand why he's still a coach, like a head coach. He's a good assistant, mm-hmm. not a good head coach. Like, look at what happened in Illinois. It's just, it, I just, it just cracks me up. That's funny. That's the second Lovey Smith Illinois reference that will be in this podcast today. So, <laughs> um, it just goes to show we've just kind of been reeling on them lately. Um, we 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 don't have Frank Reich to yell at anymore. So no. Lovey is Lovey's on the chopping block now for for me at least. Um, so speaking of Lovey, uh, going into Dallas, uh, Dallas stadium, Jerry world, honestly, Dallas's defense is going to score. Uh, well, so I wouldn't expect Miami, three again, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cause, but I do ex- Miami got a touchdown on them. Yeah. And, and, and so did Cleveland. So Micah Parsons touchdown question mark what are the odds on that bet right now because that would be something to i'm not saying to you know i'm not saying to play it but it's it's tantalizing that's for sure so (laughs) yeah well you mean you can bet uh the dallas defense uh one touchdown the line might even be at one and a half to be honest (laughs) that's that would be insane but it's not out of the realm of possibilities that would man that would be that'd be crazy um i'll have to look at that later the only from a fan- the only player I, that i would play from houston is damian pierce and that, that's kind of where that ends sure yep i'm i'm not even interested in brandon cooks anymore because if they can't even throw the ball to a receiver what's the point like it's just it's it's frustrating unless like you have enough fab left over for a DFS play, and you need to throw a Texan in there. Do it, but good Nico I'm Collins, not, not Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I would rather do that too. If I, if it was DFS, yeah, Nico for sure. And then on the Dallas side of the ball, it's it's CD Lamb, Tony Pollard. I don't even know what to make of Ezekiel Elliott's role in the offense. I mean, did he just he's basically a run, an RB two slash flex option in my opinion now, based on his production, and then. I was interested. Gallup actually has has some potential just because it's the Texans. So, and obviously Dak is a great quarterback play. So, is there anybody else on Dallas's offense that we should be 
aware of other than the main guys that have been producing lately? Um, well, first, I want to stop you a little bit on the Zeke slander. He's not a running back. I'm not one. slandering. He's not a running I'm back one, but he's a solid top end running back too. He scored a touchdown in every game he's played in since week six. He's missed, you know, three games, two missed, and one bye. But and against mm-hmm. Philly, he scored one. Detroit in week seven, he scored two, missed those three weeks. And then week eleven against Minnesota, had two. The Giants, he had one. And then last week against Indy, he had one. So like. He's, he's just a touchdown machine in that offense that is a machine as well. And then uh, the one guy that I, I didn't hear you mention was Dalton Schultz, who yep. started out to an absolutely horrific season where he was just, well, I mean, the first week was good and then just went to crud after that. But uh, since week eight has been um, definitely a startable tight end. Absolutely. So he's another guy that you can throw in. He's 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 uh he's Dak dependent um i don't he unfortunately didn't get as much shine with cooper rush but um since Dak's been back it's been much better for his circumstances so yeah uh shoot anybody any dallas player worthwhile starting you need a wide receiver option i saw gallup on a lot of uh waiver wires so scoop them up plug and play I don't. I, I'm not promising you anything, but you you can't you can't go wrong. He's my he's my wide receiver too in my 20 man league. Nice. He 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 might surprise some people. So that is that one. Minnesota uh, going to Detroit should be. I don't know if interesting is the word. Fun but is a good word. Fun is a good word. Yeah. Um. That that's the first word when I think of a Detroit game. However, I don't think Detroit is going to do what they did last week to the Jaguars. So, honestly, so it's it's probably Jamal Williams. I'm going to be a little more hesitant with DeAndre Swift, but if I have him, I'm going to play him. And then, from the receiver perspective, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And, I don't know, Jared Goff against the Vikings defense? Is that worth a sniff? He had a decent game last week. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff's... Jared Goff to me is the kind of plug your nose and drop him in your starting lineup kind of guy. It stinks, (laughs) but you can do it. Um, I'd rather do, I think I'd rather have some more fun though with like, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill against Jacksonville or, um, I mean, I don't know. I love like a Derek Carr play this week too. That could be good too. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Detroit's actually favored this game. Uh, which will be surprising. I, yeah, I agree. I'm hammering uh, the uh, Vikings plus two and a half right now. Yeah. But uh, for, in terms of fantasy, it's just all the normal guys. I don't think there's anyone in particular that's kind of like an iffy play. I think if you've been playing them, continue to play them. If you haven't been playing them, don't. And that's, you know, like you said, the Jamal, it's DeAndre, um, Amon Ra, and then on the other side you got Cook, J. Jeff. Yep. Um, I guess the one guy who's kind of a bubble player is Thielen, but I mean, I'd say go for it this week. Yeah, I'm down. I mean, down. D- Detroit. Detroit lets everybody score points. Yeah, and then so. you got to throw in Hawkinson in there, 
and uh, yep. obviously mm-hmm. Kirko oh, chains. Hawkinson homecoming. Oh yeah, it's true. I didn't even think. Yeah, I forgot about. Th- yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Kirko chains is is definitely a play. <laughs> I love that name. That oh, have you? Uh, I, I don't know if you've uh, heard our, our nickname for uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, we call him uh, Mister Steelio Touchdown. That is a very fair name. So I actually week one. I saw what was happening with Detroit and Jamal Williams being the goal line guy in that matchup against Philadelphia. And I traded DeAndre Swift for Brees Hall that next week. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't like it because it was clearly evident to me that Jamal Williams, and you kind of look at the hard knock situation. The team loved Jamal and he was going to get his opportunities. So I was like, if this is going to be the case, DeAndre Swift isn't going to get as much action. So in theory, it was a great trade, but yeah. hindsight, it's like, shoot, I should have just hung on to DeAndre, but who knows? Maybe I'll have Brees Hall for years now, but it, it, it was one of those things where it was like, man, if I, I feel for DeAndre Swift owners because it's been a frustrating year. Uh, DeAndre Swift owners and Alvin Kamara owners. Mm. It's like, it's, it's tough. It's been a tough, it's been a tough run. Um, all right, let's go into this one. This one's kind of a tough run. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Uh, I mean, Tennessee has, I could see Jacksonville winning this one, honestly, but Tennessee will, Vrabel will have the guys ready to bounce back. I feel like after getting their teeth kicked in by Philadelphia though. So I, I think Tennessee should be all right in this one. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Mike Vrabel is definitely top three candidate for coach of the year right now. Yeah. Um, and he is just one of those super hard nosed guys who I, I think is going to have this team ready to come out and just absolutely obliterate Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Tennessee put up a lot of points. Unfortunately, they'll most likely be without their best receiver, the rookie Traylon yep. Burks. He did you see the catch? Incredible. I was watching that game live, and I'll say it right now. That was the second best catch of the year behind and taking like the situation out of con like just just the play not looking at situation it might even be better than justin jefferson's catch mm-hmm. i mean yep. get, uh, he was a super difficult catch and then being just absolutely clobbered like that and hanging on to the ball it was remarkable um i, I earned a lot of respect for Traylon burks uh, after that catch but unfortunately he's mo- most likely out for this week with a concussion yeah, so some sneaky plays. If we want to go uh, Tennessee receiving core, Nick Brook, Westbrook, Akeen, and might be a uh, he's probably the one that's on most waivers. Uh, might be a might be a plug and play. Uh, I'm not necessarily buying that, but in deeper leagues, might be worth a worth it. Um, they got three wide receivers on the IR though, and Burks yeah. is out too. That that so it's going to be a very tight and heavy day. Chega uh, Konu and. Uh, Cooper will probably get their fair share of targets along with their a healthy dose of Derrick Henry and uh, Dontrell Hilliard. So we should probably see the full Tennessee cast out in full force, but the Jacksonville side of the coin they're they're kind of like the Joker card where 
the, all of a sudden it's like, oh shoot, Jamichael Hasty's on this team. <laughs> I haven't heard about him in years. And same with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. They just can sometimes hit you with a slant, and then all of a sudden they're in for six, like three times in a row, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Jacksonville. It's not. I I'm not like confident in it, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities either. Christian Kirk has had, without a doubt, the quietest top ten yeah. season from like a position player, especially a receiver. The quietest top ten performance I've ever seen since I started uh, doing fantasy football. He's uh, he's running or er, wide receiver ten in half PPR formats. And you like if you asked anybody like in your fantasy league, just like, hey, where do you think Christian Kirk is right now? You're going to get a lot of like 18, 24, somewhere in that range. I mean, you just try 11. Was he 11 and half PPR? Full PPR. Oh, full 11. PPR. Okay. Half PPR. He's 10. Probably 10. Yeah. yeah so that's uh, all. All of my leagues, except for one is half PPR. I'm in one full PPR league. Yeah, I'm in all full PPR right now. I'm trying to change that though, but uh, people are a little resistant to Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, so we yeah. we were the opposite. We started uh, every league that I was in was uh, standard scoring for years, Ooh. and then we went to um, half PPR two or three years ago now, and so we've been nice. half PPR guys for years. And and. Um, anytime we talk about like fantasy rankings or anything that on, on our podcast, we always go half PPR just because it kind of sure. hits everything. It's kind of the middle ground. Um, it is. It it truly is. I'm 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 commissioner for the redraft league, and I've been pushing for half for a while now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, hesitant to change. And so everybody wants to keep full PPR, and everybody wants to keep kickers. And I don't God, understand why uh, we're wasting our time. It's 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 a it's pathetic. Um, uh yeah, seeing your reaction, you're anti kicker. I'm too. anti kicker. I'm anti. I appreciate I'm, the sentiment. I'm anti defense as well in dynasty leagues. In dynasty leagues, I just want to see, I want to see super flex. Mm. If you're in dynasty, first of all, yeah, I want to see super flex, two running back, three wide receiver, tight end, flex, super flex. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see a kicker. I don't want to see a tight end. That's 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 me. Uh, that's that's how I am uh, for for a dynasty league. That's that's the golden league setup for me. Sure. Are you so, a, uh, one more question on the the scoring sure, format for you? Are you a four point passing touchdown or a six point passing touchdown kind of man? We used to be uh, we used to be six, but we just moved over to four because we didn't want the weight of quarterbacks to outshine the player that was actually getting in the end zone interesting okay so for me it depends on if it's a one or two quarterback league if it's a one quarterback league i'm a six point kind of guy if it's a two or a super flex i'm a four point kind of guy we we just changed it this year otherwise it uh, we had always had it as six Mm -hmm. but i i kind of proposed it and everybody was on board with that one so um yeah we're all we're all on four now so which i i kind of like a little better but i could see how you would like that uh, distinction because I mean, it is still six points, however you look at it. But when you think about it, it incentivizes players to like invest in stacks heavily. So, I mean, obviously, you know, if you have the quarterback and receiver, 
it's going to be 10 points, but that extra two points, that's, that's huge in some matchups. And Mm -hmm. so you're getting it on the pat from the passing touchdown and the receiving touchdown. So it, it, 10 12 not too big of a difference i guess but yeah i i think for just... me it's just the quarterback is obviously the most important player on the field for football yeah and so i think they should be kind of far and away the most important they're the high you know the, the biggest for your fantasy team sure 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 and obviously there's there's the um kind of flattened out like quarterback depth of like it just being not super important to distinguish between like quarterback mm-hmm three and quarterback 12 like there's usually not that big of a gap you see the you know the big jump at the top and then it just really flatten out um as you go down the line and so i think having that six point passing touchdown can accentuate that gap even more yeah definitely so all right let's start talking about these games in pairs so that we don't keep you up all night so Let's go. Uh, so our next uh, two that we'll look at: Philadelphia traveling to the Meadowlands at New York, and Baltimore traveling up to Pittsburgh. So, Philadelphia, we have the regular cast and crew. Um, Jalen Hurts. The question will be: Will AJ Brown take the the weekend off running dummy routes, um, as he tends to do after having explosive weekends as he did previously? Devontae Smith hit or miss as well. Surprisingly, that they both thrived. Um, last week against Tennessee and then Miles Sanders for that offense, New York. Uh, I like all their receivers, but it's Philadelphia secondary has been pretty lethal. So I might only be interested in Slayton this week, but it could be a, it could be a bad week for the receiving core of New York giants, which would then favor Saquon and then the Baltimore side of the coin. I don't know if I'm interested in anybody outside of Mark Andrews and I really like Pittsburgh's defense this week. That's all I got for that one. What, what about you? What do you think of, what do you think about those matchups? So um, I'm really interested in the giants this year. Um, Brian Dable is probably is my coach of the sure. year. Um, right. As of now, I just mentioned Mike Brable a little while ago. Um, I love Saquon. Uh, Darius Slayton, like you said, is a great pick. Um, I'm not too high on Danny Bellinger, their tight end. Um, not, not, not yet. Talk to me next season or in two years. I think he yeah. has upside. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But um, as of now, I'm not super high on him. Um, no. But that, that's kind of where it ends for me is the Saquon and then Slayton. And then you get to Absolutely. their, you go to their uh, opponent in Philadelphia, and I'm looking to play Miles Sanders in a lot of leagues. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite uh, plays this week. I'm really expecting big things from him. And Absolutely. then the receiving core, you have to play A.J. Brown. Or you don't have an option if you've got nope. him. Um, and I think you can afford, most likely, uh, to not play Devontae Smith. I'm sure you've got other options. And one of those options, to me, is a guy in the other game, the only Baltimore receiver that I'm looking to play. I think you know where I'm going. I'm with scared. This. I'm scared of what you're going to say. Devin Duvernay. Nope, 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 nope. We're done with Duvernay for this season. I understand where you're coming from, but after seeing Robinson, I, I, I'm like, it can be either one of them. 
It could, but I'm I'm a big Devin Duvernay believer. Um, I don't know how I got in this situation, but I am. I liked him too. I liked him too, Austin, <laughs> but I, I think you're drinking the wrong Kool-Aid here. I might be, but uh, I think I've just honestly gotten super lucky. He's been on my uh, teams, uh, and I every <laughs> week I've played him, because I haven't played him every week. Every no, week I've sure. played him, he's done so well for me. Um, I played um, him. I'm, I'm, I'm vice versa. I played so him that's in why... week two when he got 15 <laughs> points. I played him in week five when he scored 11 for me. I played him in week eight when he dropped 18, and then I played him last week oh. when he got 9.9. So, like the only weeks I've played him, the worst he stuns 9.9 for me, and I'm rolling oh, with him man. again, baby. I'm riding the Devin, Devin Duvernay train this week. I'm I'm riding the TJ Watt train this week. So uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm saying Pittsburgh's defense this week going up against Huntley is a sneaky good play. They're not projected to do very well for whatever reason. I think that Pittsburgh's defense could thump them. But you know, it's Pittsburgh we're talking about here. It's not like they're they've been playing exponentially better, but TJ Watt has improved this defense since he's been back from his injury. And I, I like to see, I like to see those odds. Um, I, I, I'll take them to be honest. It's kind of a, it's an interesting hill to die on. I know, but uh, I'm, I, I, I got to do it because I actually need a defense <laughs> this week because yeah. I can't guarantee Cleveland is going to repeat what they did last week. <laughs> True. So if you're if you're looking through the waiver wire for a defense, as I was this week, um, for me the like number one pickup if they're there, and um, obviously they're not like there in every uh, league. But I found the Rams in actually two of my leagues this week on the waivers. Mm-hmm. I saw them too in, the, in mine as well, and I love their. Uh, uh, rest of season schedule. They go. It's favorable. Uh, Vegas this week, which is a pretty good matchup. And Green Bay, uh, I'm not super excited about, but I'm I'll play them versus Green Bay. And then they get Denver, and then they end the season um, with with hopefully you're not playing the uh, week 18. They end the season at, in the other LA sure. team, so uh, the Chargers, but. I really like their uh, rest season schedule, so they're a team I'm looking to have. They do no for for the for the playoffs. They they might have some uh, they might have some intrigue there for sure. That's a good call out, most definitely. All right, let's go to our next uh, slate of afternoon games. So Kansas City traveling to Denver, Tampa Bay traveling to San Francisco, Carolina at Seattle and Miami at the Los Angeles Chargers. So, well, that's Sunday night. So we'll count that in this fold as well. When we're talking about Kansas City, uh, I like, well, Denver's defense. Will Denver's defense allow Travis Kelsey to wreak havoc on it? Like, Travis Kelsey (laughs) has been the most influential win share player in fantasy football this season. Like, Travis Kelsey single-handedly got you to the playoffs. So I... I have you have to play him obviously, and then everybody else for Kansas City. I uh, I'm sorry, with to the birds with them outside of Patrick Mahomes, of course, but that's just my take on 
Kansas City as a whole. There there will be other, you know, fantasy relevant players, but I just I feel like it's like throwing darts blindfolded with their offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not. I won't play any of their receivers. I just don't trust any of them. Um, no, nope. but I will. You know, Travis Kelsey. Um, I haven't checked it this week, but as of last week, he was the uh, number three receiver in all of fantasy football. Oh, by the way, he's I, a tight I, end. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's number one, though, isn't he? Um, in half PPR going into last week, he was number three. Okay, that's I, 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 that was we talked about that on the Tricky Takes podcast last week. So okay, sure. So that's what I remember. He was number one, I believe, in standard scoring, and number three he's, in half he, PPR. So I think, or maybe in, it was number in, one in full. Yeah. So in fantasy win share total, though, mm-hmm. him and Patrick Mahomes are top two. Yeah, definitely. It's insane. It's it's insane. I'll sh- I'll show you some tables later from one of my one of my contacts. Uh, shout out Byron Cobalt. See you on the show next week. But it his metrics show week to week mm-hmm. um, the win share for like basically all the fantasy platforms and statistically Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have the highest win share in uh, all of fantasy football. Not surprised there at all. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Um, and then the only other guy I'll talk about on this offense is Isaiah Pacheco. I've been the yep. biggest Isaiah Pacheco fan. and Rutgers finest. Yep, absolutely. Um, my two co-hosts of the Tree Tates podcast have been um, trying to dampen my voice because I've been talking about him since preseason. I've been saying, uh, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, you don't even have to draft him. You can pick him off the waivers after your um, dynasty rookie draft. Um, if yep. you have a deep enough bench in your redraft leagues, grab him because Clyde Edwards-Lair does not stay healthy. And Isaiah Pacheco is going to beat out Ronald Jones. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Here's where we are. Isaiah Pacheco is a, is a running back too right now. Um, and No, then- absolutely. Oh, you, you and you and I are kindred spirit about Pacheco. I I uh, I got him in auction draft for a dollar, and then yes. I had to trade. I had to trade him though because uh, Debo was on the trading block, and mm. uh, the guy wanted Pacheco. So I was like, oh man, I don't want to, but I I kind of had to. But I I'm with you there with Pacheco. He has some tremendous upside. Yeah, and then the the uh, other thing I want to talk about the Chiefs is I, I mentioned how the Rams were a good um, pickup. On defense, the Chiefs are the number one pickup on defense for me this week. A lot of teams dropped him before last week because they were playing the um, Bengals, and that was a bad matchup. So mm, he got yep. they got dropped in a ton of leagues. And the rest of their schedule is Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver. And then if you're playing week 18, it's Vegas. Wow. So that's the most yep. sweet matchups you could best find. playoff situation so for fantasy. You could, yeah. I, if you can trade right now, go trade for the chiefs defense. Like it's, it's Agreed. worth it. Absolutely. No, 100% with you there. That is an incredible stack of games for that defense. And they've got some decent players, uh, making some big hits there too. So, and they just won't allow points. Yeah. Those teams don't, some of those teams can't even score points. Exactly. So, they do it to themselves and anything you can do to retain that point threshold for defense that that's all it takes. Um, yeah. So let's look at some of these other games this afternoon, uh, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. I, I mean, this will either be 
I mean, shoot, Monday night was just such a weird game. Um, I don't even, I can't believe I watched that. Uh, (laughs) Completely, like, forgot that Cade Otten, like, was the best fantasy player. (laughs) Basically, in that game, when when I started the first half of this podcast, I was, like, going through my all-fantasy, and I was like, holy crap. Kate Otten was the top tight end over Dulcich. I can't believe he actually surpassed him because I wasn't even paying attention at that point. So, um, yeah, but Tampa Bay, ta- I don't know who I'm really feeling outside of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, uh, Rashad White. It, it, it depends, I guess. Um, if Fournette's there, though, and he's getting the line share of the carries, I don't know if it's worth even giving Rashad White the play, even though he's been coming out more but i don't know and then san francisco it's christian mccaffrey debo jennings has been an interesting uh wrinkle in that offense he's been getting a lot more attention the past couple of weeks and then kittle and Ayuk. so but obviously christian mccaffrey lion's share of that offense i think christian mccaffrey might win some people fantasy fantasy leagues this year actually because of the way Shanahan's using him, obviously injury pending, depending mm-hmm. on the circumstances, but it's looking good for him right now. That that's all I can really say about that matchup. Yeah, um, McCaffrey, obviously. Um, I really love Brandon Ayuk. I have him in uh, quite a lot of leagues. He's another guy who's just had a, a really good underrated season. Um, yeah, I believe he's uh, wide receiver seventeen right now in half PPR. So he's definitely your guy you're starting if you've got him. And then Debo's the other guy in that ma- and on that side of the ball. And then for Tampa Bay, you said it, Fournette. I don't know if I'm trusting White that he's going to catch passes, but so is Fournette. Like if you have, if you're choosing between the yeah. two, which some people are, I'm going Fournette. Um, if you have to play Rashad White, I don't hate it for you, but like it's not definitely a, not, not your ideal. like an RB two situation. Yeah, he's a he's more of a flex. Uh, yeah, honestly, that late in the day too, so you mm-hmm. might as well flex them at that point. No, um, you know, interesting use case with Brandon Ayuk because his piece in the offense, in terms of like what he gets game to game, is one of the smallest, but he's so productive with it. Is. It's it's pretty impressive um, what he's able to I mean, do. When their, they showed them he's just their ex receiver, and it's one of those yeah. things like he's going to be out there and he's. He's not going to get all those passes that a, a guy who's going to play in a lot of the slot will get, but he's going to get productive touches at playing out there mm-hmm. wide. And I liked what I saw out of Purdy this week. He looks like he can sling it pretty good. So I would expect him to to look downfield for Ayuk. No, and, and Purdy, hopefully Purdy has like, you, you know, kind of like that, that rookie quarterback malaise where like he doesn't know he's supposed to be bad and he'll just (laughs) confidently rip it a couple of times like he definitely has that vibe to him uh you know i watching him at iowa state he's not afraid to to do some pretty uh some pretty nasty things it'll be interesting i love how when when there's a rookie quarterback making his first couple starts it's either oh my god no one's open because these cornerbacks are so much (laughs) better than the ones in college or it's Wow, my receivers are so much better. I'm sure he'll catch it and then just throw it towards them. And it's you see like both, uh, and it seems like Purdy's definitely got that that second or, one. Or, 
or a defender's 10 yards away baiting him and he's like there's no way that defender is going to (laughs) cover that much territory that quickly and then they get intercepted like there's so many elements going into a, a rookie quarterback play it's it's interesting that's for sure it i i thought the 49ers would take a shot at baker mayfield but um I'm not surprised that they didn't at the same time because Shanahan is comfortable with an average quarterback uh, in his system. He makes it that way on purpose. He still wants that dual threat guy. He's, which is why, uh, yeah, he's, he would rather have a dual threat guy, but it's just, you know, he works with what he has and he's really good at it. So no doubts there. And he has Christian McCaffrey. So what, what more can you ask? Yeah, I might, might see some wildcat out of Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, so let's take a look at this one. We have Carolina traveling to Seattle. So I th- Seahawks defense might be a great play. I don't trust Carolina traveling cross-country to the Northwest up to where a lot of our phantom brethren hail. And Seahawks defense... Have you seen them available in a lot of leagues? Because um, I think they might be a good player. They're, they're not an available in a ton of leagues. Okay. Um, they've been one of the more consistent um, defenses over the past several weeks. They're, the back half of their season defensively has been nothing short of spectacular. They had a, a rough week against, um, who was that, Vegas. Vegas? Yeah, yeah. That was their only real um, blemish so uh, they've been picked up in a lot of leagues, but if they're if they're there, grab them. Wow, the rest of their one of the more consistent defenses. Yeah, the rest of their um, season schedule isn't anything too uh, good, though. It's Sam, it's Carolina this week, and then San Francisco, Kansas City, and then the Jets. So yeah, uh, I'm definitely so, looking to grab a couple of those other ones I've mentioned. Geno Smith, great play against this Carolina team. And then you, and then, you know, give give me Geno Smith and all the fixins, Kenneth Walker, (laughs) DK Metcalf. uh, uh, Ken's probably not going to play, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw the Q tag. So who does, who's, who's up next? Does that mean DJ Dallas? DJ DJ Dallas? Even though he's also, he's also dealing with a little bit of an injury. That's what I saw. I wasn't sure. Um, Do they have another? He's much more likely to play. I think DJ's going to get uh, some playing time. I do think Ken. Uh... Travis Homer? Yes. Anybody? Yep. Anybody? Hello? <laughs> um, oh. uh, no. So I I have a joke for, for those guys that far on the roster. Friends and family only. Uh that that play those guys on their fantasy teams <laughs> yeah if uh, if they if they, um, if they're fantasy players so last week it was uh tony jones jr who got uh the extra oh, okay. seven carries who uh if you remember played pretty well for uh new orleans Saints? yeah last last year he was wow. pretty oh, i mean he man. was decent i, I guess is what you call carol him. pete carroll reaching deep in the bank now that's my coach of the year candidate pete yes carroll. he's he's uh definitely in the top Four, I'd say for me the top four are the two I've already mentioned in yep. Vrabel and um, uh, I've forgotten his name. Starts with a B. He's the Giants coach. Oh, um, Dable. Yeah, Brian Dable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Dable's my guy. Vrabel's there. Pete Carroll's there, and the last one is a uh, good old Bob Sala. 
in uh, New York for the Jets. Those yep, are my four. No, love, love, love Sala. Sala is one of those dudes who make you run through multiple brick walls for him. Yeah. So, so those those are uh, my four uh, coach of the year candidates. That's good. That's solid Rolodex. Yeah, for sure. I think it's Pete Carroll though, just because of like what he's put up with. But now, it could Gino, be one of the new guys too. Gino's definitely like comeback player of the year, most improved player. Oh, absolutely, like- absolutely. Yeah, no, nobody's. I mean, he had some good games last year when he came in when Russ had that hand mm-hmm. issue. Um, he looks serviceable and is kind of surprising. Serviceable, so, serviceable. He was like the had the yeah. highest uh, QBR through the first like eight weeks or something like that. Like, yep, he was tearing no, and, the league apart the first several weeks yeah, of the year. Uh, that over that game against Detroit really turned it shifted my perspective on him entirely. Um, to do that in Detroit, you know, on the road, mm-hmm. Seattle, it, it, that that was probably what really that shifted my focus on on the Seattle team entirely. All right, so then Sunday night football, Miami at the Chargers. I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I'm playing Tua also. I uh, this Chargers defense just injury laden. Jeff Wilson Jr. For sure, I'm not really interested in a lot else. Trent Sherfield is an interesting play, but I don't know. That's that's reaching pretty deep. And then switching things up on the Charger side, Keenan Allen, healthy, obviously. Um, Gerald Everett, he's all right. I don't think we're going to get any more Big Mike this season. I don't know. We... I. They want him back, but if Mike doesn't play, Josh Palmer's been very adequate lately. He had that really great game a couple weeks ago. And uh, obviously Austin Eckler. And that's that matchup. Was there anything that stands out for that one that you want to point out? Um, the one weird thing is what the heck happened to Jeff Wilson Jr. last week. Yeah. He had one carry last week, and I don't believe it was due to injury. I think he... I don't think he was knocked out of the game or anything. It just seemed like they just didn't have any sort of game plan for him, which I guess for um, a coach coming out of the, the Shanahan system, that's just what they learn. That's, that's what they're taught. Like, hey, you got to throw your opponents off. Sometimes don't even use your running back one. Give it to your running back two. And throw it to your fullback <laughs> three times for 15 yards. Exactly. And uh, that's, that, that's yep, the nope. – that's the winning formula for the Shanahan tree. <laughs> no, shout out Alec Ingold, Badger. So that's just always I always get cracked up. I saw his hurdle. I was like, oh, what yeah, is that he was doing? Insane. I was like, what what is this? And it was just hilarious. I was like, I thought he only played special teams. So no, it's just funny watching those watching these Shanahan pro these Shanahan prod, proteges uh just <laughs> they just warp my brain sometimes with the decisions that they make. It just the, but I'm here for it. It's, it's fun to watch. It's crazy, but yeah. and it, it's fun to watch. Since we're talking about coach of the year, Mike McDaniel's name has to be in the picture. He's, I guess yeah. will be my number, my fifth. If you have, I got to make a top five. It's those four I said, and then him. So there we go. But I, I don't think the league will give it to him no, because I, I think the league is still mad about, the Tua situation. Yeah, I, I agree, and rightfully so to some extent. It's pet. It's kind of petty because Tua is a football guy, so Tua would never like sue a team for it. 
but the league is going to hold it against Miami for a while. Yeah. It's which is frustrating, but it it's merited, unfortunately. And then we get this lovely Monday night matchup. New England at Arizona. It you couldn't pick a more contrasting like coaching style, like just in terms of like personalities. Like uh, honestly, I just want to see Bill Belichick and Cliff meet in the middle of the field to be to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. It would be riveting because uh, Bill Belichick probably doesn't think anything highly of Kingsbury by any stretch, and rightfully so, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, that that's probably what I'm most excited for in this matchup. Uh, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson for the Pats is. The, your best bet. I kind of like Hunter Henry in this matchup too, though, uh, just because of the way Arizona has been against tight ends. And then I do, Rondell Moore is going to be healthy, but I'm not sure what to expect because you obviously have DeAndre who runs the show from the receiving perspective. And then I'm not, we're not getting any Hollywood Brown yet, are we? No. He's still, he's, he's, he might as well hang it up for the year, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I James Connor, probably, right? He's been decent. Uh, I mean, he's another guy that you kind of plug your nose and play him and hope he scores a touchdown. I got wrecked by him a couple of weeks ago in a matchup. Yeah, he'll do it. He definitely will. Yeah. Outside of that, not really. It's going to be a bad Monday night game. It's just not. It doesn't look appealing to me at all, but somebody's going to score points. There will be fantasy implications somewhere. So nonetheless, uh, that's that. Yeah. Um, Before you play Kyler Murray on any week, you always have to check (laughs) and make sure that Call of Duty doesn't have a double XP weekend going on. Um, There is strict correlation between Kyler Murray's fantasy production and double XP weekends in Call of Duty. Correlation does not equal causation, but it does correlate. <laughs> it does. It does, unfortunately. The same way James Harden and cities with strip clubs. Oh, sorry, children. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so that is, that's week 14 in a nutshell. Austin, I kept you way too long, but I appreciate your time this evening. Thank you so much for hopping on the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll definitely get you and the other guys uh, from Tricky Takes on here sometime so we can break bread. Probably an off-season pod because we could go on for a while. And yeah, nonetheless, everybody, good luck with Week 14. Again, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy, TikTok, Instagram as well. We're going to try to get content out there. I can't promise anything yet, but we're working on it. And then, Austin, where can they find the Tricky Take stuff? On uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go give us a listen. Uh, Tricky with two I's, T-R-I-I-C-K-Y takes. Uh, And then we also uh, recently made a Twitter, so make sure you go uh, give us a follow on Twitter at the same handle, Tricky Takes. Awesome. You heard it here first. Everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Good luck in your matchups. Peace.